Good morning. Greet you in the lovely name of Jesus. I would like to speak this morning about God's way to righteousness. In a sense, it's a continuation from our Sunday school lesson as we ponder faith. simply believing God. In Romans chapter 9, Paul discusses, and by the way, I plan to speak from Romans chapter 10 this morning, if you'd like to be turning there. In Romans chapter 9, Paul discusses Israel's rejection of the Messiah and God's plan for redemption. And the last couple of verses of chapter 9, he ends up with these words, what shall we say then that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith? But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and those and whosoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So he tells us there's two groups. There's the one that pursued righteousness and missed it. There was another that was not seeking it and found it. And my question for you is why? Why did one group seek it and miss it, and the other group did not seek it and found it. Well, he answers, he says, because they did not seek it by faith. In other words, we may say the secret is found in the gospel. And if you turn back to chapter 1, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And chapter 10 is about how that righteousness is achieved. I think we'll start by uh, reading the first five verses of chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for, to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Not a lot has changed, has it? For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. I'd like you to notice, first of all, that righteousness does not come through religion. Religious zeal and good works are not enough. Paul, Paul gives witness to Israel. He says, I bear them record. They have a zeal of God. They had a zeal for God. They, um, 
they went about uh, they went about explaining and, and carefully figuring out what the law said. Moses even said in uh, says verse five that Moses describes the righteousness which is of the law. The man which doeth those things shall live by them. And so they they went about trying to make sure that they properly obeyed the law of God. Well, they, they are not the only ones who have tried that. Man, all through history, has tried the very same thing, to, uh, to create religion. You see, man's religion is man's attempt to create their own righteousness by creating a system that they can attain to. Religion is man's attempt to create their own righteousness by creating a system that they can attain to. And you know, man will pick and choose the things that makes him feel good about himself. And, and you know, he'll always call the things bad that he manages to, to, uh, he manages to live up to. And the things that he can't quite manage to deal with, that just somehow sits on the back shelf and it, it, it doesn't bring that up. That's not part of his, his, his religion. The next guy tries to live up what somebody else expects and, and of course he fails. I ask you, will God be satisfied with our religious activities, with our definition of righteousness? So if you are uh, caught for driving over speed limit and you end up in the court and um, the judge is getting ready to pass judgment upon you and you say, wait, wait, judge, wait, I kissed my wife this morning. What will the judge say? Good, but what does that have to do with your offense? And neither does our religious imagination have anything to do with God's definition of righteousness. But... You see, Israel, Israel was basing their, their, um, their carefulness upon the law of God. It wasn't just their own imagination. It wasn't just something they concocted, though they did concoct an awful lot to try to you know, make sure they explained, you know, I, I think God's law was like this, and, and they made a book, something this big to, to interpret it. And so you know, they had their own stuff there too, but... But even when they were focusing on the law of God itself, did that, did that save them? Were they successful? And the answer is no. See, Moses said those who obey the law will live by it. And Israel tried that. They tried to make sure they got it right, and Paul says they missed it. They missed it. James explains that whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend at one point is guilty of everything. 
All you got to do is mess up in one spot and you're done. Righteousness does not come through religion. Let's go on in verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, or it's this way. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. You see, the righteousness of God must be submitted to, not achieved. We saw that back in verse 3. They have not submitted themselves into the righteousness of God. Righteousness before God is not something we achieve. Righteousness is something that is submitted to. Secondly, in the, in the first passage that we read, the first part, we notice that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. That is, that is, when we come to Jesus by faith, our, our quest for righteousness on the basis of what we do is done. The, the Greek would give the idea of end. It's the goal. And, and um, Jesus was the one that fulfilled all righteousness, right? He did it. And when we, when we come to him in faith, he is the, he is the end of our, our striving to achieve. As long as we're trying to achieve righteousness by obedience, then we are not resting in what has already been done. Jesus already brought it to completion. And, and righteousness comes through faith in what Jesus already did in his blood, in his resurrection. His blood for the forgiveness of our sins, his resurrection power to walk in newness of life. Verse 6 and 7 tells us that, uh, that righteousness, forgiveness and righteousness are close by. We don't have to go up to heaven and bring it down or go down and bring it up. It's right close by. It's as close as our heart and our mouth. It's not something that we have to look for. It's... Um, it's not something we achieve, but something that we accept by faith. You see, when Jesus, well, let's back up. 
the, the Bible talks about being in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So what does it mean to be in Christ? So um, we have a, a book here. And um, I have a paper here. And if I put this paper in the book, and I put this book on the chair, where is the paper? The paper is on the chair, right? And if I pick it up and I put it on the pulpit, the paper is on the pulpit. In the same way, when we are in Christ, what happens to Jesus happens to you. You see, Jesus died. And the Bible tells us that we died with Christ. It, Jesus raised, we were raised with him. What happened to him happened to us by faith. And so when Jesus fulfilled the law, when he completed righteousness, when he lived righteous before God, and he was perfect, he did something you and I will never be able to do. We'll never be able to live righteous like that. We can do as good as we can do. It's not good enough. And so unless, unless by faith we accept what Jesus did on our behalf, in our place, you can say it a lot of different ways, and none of them are perfect, and I'm not going to quibble about the details of those things. But, but what Jesus did for us, he did so that we could be a part of that. See, we already talked about the fact that we will never be able to be perfect before God because of our righteousness, because of our religion. Religion will never bring us to God. People try it all the time. And so he says that this righteousness is, is, is close to us. It's as close as our mouth. So that if we confess, that is if we profess, if we promise, if we make a covenant, if we acknowledge the Lord Jesus. What is the Lord Jesus? The Lord, our master. If we choose him as master, Jesus means savior. If we accept him as our savior, if we confess him, if we choose him, if we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. That is, we trust in his sufficiency. We no longer trust in ourselves, but we trust in him. I'm told that there was once this person who was offering rides across the um, 
Niagara Falls in a wheelbarrow on a tightrope. And um, the question was asked, how many of you believe that I can do this? Oh, everybody believed. He says, okay, hop in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> Only one man had the nerve to get in the wheelbarrow. He wasn't me either. <laughs> but that man that got in the wheelbarrow had only one way that he was going to survive this. He was not going to try to help the guy who was driving the wheelbarrow. He was going to get in the wheelbarrow and sit down and hold still and shut up. <laughs> right? Anything else was going to be disaster. You know, that's sort of like you and me. If we want to get, if we want to be right with God, we need to get in the wheelbarrow by faith and sit down and shut up. Because when we try to help God, we're going to destroy it. Now, it says our heart and our mouth must be involved. Our heart is not just something we say, it is something we choose. It is a choice that we make. We choose Jesus. We choose him as master. It's not just words that we say. We're not just saying the sinner's prayer. We are making a, we are making a choice. For a new master. You see it's like love and marriage. God doesn't just want our words. Or our signature on the cards. He wants our hearts. Not just our heart. He wants our mouth. He wants us to not be ashamed of him. He wants us to be willing to speak for him. He wants us to say so. <clears throat> and he promises that if, if, we, if we believe, we will not be disappointed. Verse 11, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. God will accept us as his children and we will be saved. <clears throat> now, One thing that typically happens, especially in conservative churches, when you talk like this, there's always the question that comes, but what about works? What about works? What about obedience? I'd like to remind you that we have chosen a different master. We have chosen a different master. We've chosen the Lord Jesus. The focus of the early Anabaptists was on following Jesus. They had chosen a different master. It was not just a verbal profession. It was a relationship. It was not just a culture, but it was becoming like him. And if you turn back a couple chapters to chapter 8... 
you will, um, you will notice that he talks about living in the spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember we talked about being in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. You see, when we choose Christ Jesus, when he comes and lives inside of us, then, then we will be walking in the spirit. We should be walking in the spirit. We should be letting his spirit do his work in our lives. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. Okay, let's stop there. The law couldn't do it. Why? Because it was weak through what? The flesh. What's the flesh? You see it? That's the flesh. You see, there's a lot of it you can't see. It's down inside of me, you know? That stuff that wants to do this and it wants to do that and it has its own, has its own will. And, and, you know, have you ever tried to always do what was right? How'd that go? Didn't go good, did it? You see, that's the problem. We can have the law and tells us what the right thing to do is and we can do good for a certain amount of time and all of a sudden, splat, you're done. You messed up again, right? You see, that's the problem with it. The law was weak because of us. We couldn't keep it. But it says that God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. That is, he came down and became a man like you and me. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Now, I'm sorry, I can't give you a good good uh, explanation of that other than I'll just say that that Jesus did what was right all the time and when you do when he did what was right all the time then then he condemned sin because what he did was always right But the result is that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And so, and so now God can give us the power to obey him that you never had before you were saved. You see, it's important to remember that obedience to Jesus Christ is a result It's a result. Have you ever tried to back a hay wagon? How many of y'all have backed a hay wagon? Okay. Have you ever tried to back two hay wagons? What happens? You see, trying to live by doing what's right, trying to be righteous before God by doing what's right is like trying to back two hay wagons. See, it seems like, um, see, I was trying to think what this, this thing I heard about um, washing a pig. 
Um, something about if you try to wash a pig, the only thing you do is annoy the pig and get dirty or something. I can't remember. It, it, uh, and you see, that's what happens when you try to live righteously by, by just trying to keep a set of rules. It never works. You can't keep them. You always mess up. And remember, if you mess up one time, you're done. You're guilty. All it takes is once. But you see, when you get the tractor before the wagon, you can pull at least two, right? If you've got a good enough tractor anyway. It goes good forward, but it doesn't work backwards. And in the same way, same way works are a result of faith. They're a result of relationship with God. But you try to put works first so that you can have a relationship with God and you'll never have one. So how are the righteous requirements of the law fulfilled? Well, it says we have in verse 5, we have a new mindset. They that are after the flesh do mind the things that are of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so when our, our heart is turned toward Jesus, then it changes the things that happen in our life. Verse 11, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. So when Jesus lives inside of you, he even changes the things that happen in your body. You see, living, living for Jesus is, is a thing of debt. Verse 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. And so the reason we dare not try to please God by keeping the law is because we can't. We can only obey God as we live in the spirit. And we are not just choosing, we're not simply choosing our actions, we're choosing our master. And our actions follow from that. It does not mean we don't care about action. But it needs, means it needs to be in order, just like the hay wagon. We need to choose our master, and then the actions will be chosen through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's go on. Chapter 10, verse 11. For the Spirit says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all them that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Righteousness is for everyone through the gospel. Righteousness is for everyone. It's not just for uh, this group or that group. Your ancestry doesn't matter. Jew or Greek, one side of the tracks or the other, Baptist or Mennonite or nothing or something else. It says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So Peter is out in the boat, and it's stormy. And Jesus comes walking on the water, and I, they're all afraid. They think it's a ghost, and then they realize it's Jesus. And, and wow, what a relief. And, and Peter gets this brainy idea to walk on the water too. And he says, Lord, tell me, come walk on the water. And, uh, and Jesus says, well, sure, come on. And uh, everything, gets, everything gets, goes good until all of a sudden Peter stops looking at Jesus and he looks around and he starts to sink. He starts to trust in himself. See, that's the way our Christian life goes too when we trust in ourselves. We sink. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. It's not a matter of technique. It's not a matter of getting the... the, the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted. It's a matter of keeping our, our eyes on Jesus. But you see, the same thing that happens to Peter can happen to us um, also when we do start to sink and Peter says, Lord, save me. Well, guess where he got his eyes? And guess what happened? Jesus reached out and pulled it back up. Sometimes, you see, what happens when, what is it called when we take our eyes off of Jesus? Isn't that unbelief? We stop believing. What happens, what's it called when we put our eyes on Jesus? It's called faith, isn't it? And see, that's what happens. That's why you sin. Is because you, you um, that's why I sin. Because I stop believing what God says. Now, even, even when I sort of believe what God says, if I'm in the flesh and not in the spirit, I'm still going to fail. But once you're born again and you have the spirit of God, the reason you fail is because you don't believe what God says in some respect. So when you believe in God, when you believe what God says, it's called faith. And when you operate in faith and you have the spirit of God, guess what? God can help you. But, but sometimes we just don't have faith. And we crash. And we fall. What's the, what's the, what's the answer? Do what Peter did. Look up and say, Lord, save me. Now, not that you're going to get born again all over, okay? But God's going to pick you up. Jesus is going to pick you back up, and you can move on. Well, the next part tells us that the gospel is not just for us. It's for everybody. And I'm not going to talk about that this morning, even though I could, and maybe I should. But um, we'll save that for another time.
like to go down to um, verse 20. Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. That's what we talked about, isn't it? I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he says, all day long I've stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. Gainsaying is someone who refuses. Disobedient. They did things their own way. And you know, when it comes to our relationship with God, we have two choices. We can either do it God's way or we can do it our way. If we do it God's way, we will win. If we try to achieve righteousness our way, we're going to do the same thing Israel did. We're going to fail. And that's true whether it's in our own life. That's true whether it's in our, the life of the church. It doesn't matter. When we try to achieve righteousness through the law, it's not going to work. Mark it down. We've tried it for years. It doesn't work. When we do it God's way and we, and we teach and we preach and we live a life of faith, we will have life, we will have joy, and we will have peace. It has always been that way, and it always will. It's not going to change because we have an idea. God's way is always going to be God's way. And we can either choose to do it his way and win, or we can choose to do it our own way and lose. The choice will be ours I trust you with me will take God's way. Allow him to be God and trust that what he says in his word is true. That it means what it says. And we can count on it. Let's have a song.